I had the same problem. I've got a chicken coop just outside here and uh, they were like constantly so I had to let them out because I couldn't have that in the background of the recording. Welcome to GCP Life. This is a podcast where we talk about Google and tech. This is episode three, and today's show is sponsored by Kazna. Kazna makes your Google Cloud solutions possible. And on this show, we take a look at GCP best practices, build packs make a comeback, we get an appreciation of just how much Alphabet is worth, plus Ira gets a new mic, and we finally have a website. But before we get to any of that, I'm going to introduce the co-host that is by my side every week. It's Ira Bailey. How are you going, Ira? Hey, doing really well. Thanks. How's your week been? Busy, I hear? Very, very busy. <coughs> Had a design workshop where uh, eight, nine months worth of work got signed off, which was good. Yeah. Fantastic. So it's good when that happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, as you may have heard just then, we've finally got our website going. So uh, if anyone's listening to this, they've probably found it via the website. So I probably don't need to tell you. It's gcplife.casna.com.au. Uh, that probably doesn't come as a surprise. Um, you know, uh, fairly simple. I just I just finished it off earlier today. Um, I don't know, Ira. What, what, what are your thoughts there? We actually haven't discussed it yet. I just threw it together. <laughs> Looks great. <laughs> it looks great. Um, sort of going with a bit of a black and white motif. Um, you know, when you pick these WordPress themes, you kind of you kind of get painted into a corner with what you what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. So I just went with it, and I, I'm going to say, you know, I've worked in IT a long time, twenty plus years, and designing and editing websites is my least favourite thing in the world. I have to say, I uh, really CSS. despise yeah. doing it. <laughs> It's so fiddly and so painful. I just, oh, give me infrastructure any day. But nevertheless, it's there. Uh, you can play the episode straight off the website. You can download the episodes. Of course, it's all done on Google Cloud, of course. And I just went in there. I spun up the old project and just went to the marketplace and clicked on the, uh, the WordPress. I think it's just a one-click deployment, very easy. And in fact, you can do that for free if you want to have a website of your own. Um, but you need to, obviously the domain names, there's a bit of cost there, but, um, I just went one step further and, and put the old load balancer and a, and a backend and all that in front of it. So we get some nice caching and that's it. That's what we end up with our website. And of course the actual files are on a Google bucket and then, uh, you can just make the Google bucket public and, and then, uh, th those files are available just, just to download as they would be from a website. Really easy and straightforward. I, I, I'm thinking I will. Uh, we'll make a. Uh, we'll make. We'll make a. We'll make a GitHub page. I think for for uh, for our show here, and we'll make this code available. Um, if you guys want to do this for your website, on on Google Cloud, of course. Very easy. Um, yeah. So so that's that. And Ira, tell us about this mic you got here. It sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's just a Uber mic. It's called. Um, does all the fancy things that you think a nice mic would do. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you're picking up too much sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> super easy to use. The, yeah, excellent. Yeah, 
And uh, it's one of these, it's a USB thing, isn't it, where you've got the, it does the mic and the, yeah, it's like basically yeah. a sound card built into it. Yeah, and you get all the audio from the laptop coming back through the kind of audio jack on the mic as well. Nice, nice. Yeah, all right. Well, that's it. We're getting there one step at a time. We'll get there and we'll turn this into the best co- the best podcast on the net. <laughs> anyway, look, one of the segments we want to um, we want to introduce to the show is horror stories, and uh, I'm sure you know the listeners have got working the listeners working in tech have got some horror. So I got some horror stories. I got some great horror stories working in tech and working in. Uh, especially working in data centers where you've got real live chunky meat space servers, uh, plenty of horror stories there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure listeners have got some as well. So you've got the way to contact us now at gcplife at casla.com.au. So send us your horror stories in. Um, I'm going to kick one off. Um, this is a bit of a doozy. It is actually a cracker. Um, I'm there. I remember back in the back from the 90s when we had the old net servers, the old big stand-up boxy net servers. I don't know if you remember these things, but uh, I'm there. We're setting up a room, and uh, and we've we've just put the net server in there. And we put the old DDS tape drive in there with it as well, and a couple of HP switches. We're set, setting all that up, and uh, we go out to a lark. I can't remember why, but we, we went out for a break and. There was a, a a guy in there looking at the at the fire suppression system at the sprinklers, and we go, oh, yeah, "Hi, yeah, hey, hi, how you going?" And uh, he he uh, we, we left, and we came back, and we hear we see this guy in a panic running back in the other the other way as we're coming back, and we go into the we go to the server room because it was a new floor. It's been commissioned as a new floor. We go into the server room. And the floor is flooded. The, the floor's all flooded. The, the, there's water pouring down from the roof. Brand new servers, brand new switches, brand new everything, all soaked. And this guy had panicked, run, gone back the other way. Turns out he was the apprentice and he, he was supposed to be uh, watching the uh, – they were doing a test on the fire suppression system on the sprinklers. And uh, the the plumber had gone downstairs to to turn some valve on, and they left some other valve open, and it released it released the water, <laughs> it released mm. the water into the server room and flooded everything in the server room. And this guy's running around going, "Where's the plumber? Where's the plumber?" I don't know. Twenty minutes, maybe it was it was going off this water and just flooded the entire floor. And uh, so we hung out there for a little while. Um, once the sort of water disappeared, we got in there and got the stuff out and, yeah, opened it all up, dried it out, <laughs> and about a week later, turned it on. The net server, absolutely fine. It booted up. It worked fine. There was nothing, no data on it, fortunately, because it was new. Yeah. Um, the DDS drive, yeah, that was toast. Water got all through that. Um, and uh, the switch, the switches powered up as well because they were kind of in the rack and a bit, bit shield, shielded from the water. So... Yeah, if you're on a floor doing a new build, well, we don't do it so much these days, but yeah, definitely um, when, you, when you're dealing with real boxes in real spaces, stuff like that happens. Yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a horror story. So yeah, I don't know, Ira, if, if you've got something to share today. Oh, I had a, I had a funny one when I was working out in the, uh, in the outback, um, maybe about six, seven years, uh, maybe seven years ago. Uh, I, I, my boss was a bit of a... 
not particularly tech savvy guy and he he signed us up to do a like a live stream like televised nationwide concert in this location which had no internet <laughs> basically um and so we but yeah it was uh, hilarious so i had to do this weird tcp bonding setup between like three four different adsl connections to push data up upstream on four five twelve k upstream links and on the day it came it was like oh we're actually not doing it here we're doing somewhere else which is didn't have internet access so i had to run a cable then the cable got run over by a someone driving a forklift and crushed the cable and then he had to go and get and set up like this weird point-to-point wi-fi link just to get the data from this building to somewhere else and then yeah it all worked but and it worked in the it end worked so in the end it was had to it's set not, up. not really yeah well it, it's not really a horror story then is it it all came good in the end but it was a bit of a it was down to maybe the last maybe maybe half an hour when I was trying to get this Wi-Fi oh, access point yeah, I, I set up. That. That's was, stressful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's really stressful. Yeah, you just don't need that. Really, you just don't need that. Yeah. Things should be a little planned a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, anyway, guys, um, if you've got a horror story, send one through to us, gcplife at kasna.com.au. Um, or uh, you can probably get us there on the Twitter as well if you want. But, uh, yeah, email is the way to go. Um, all right, let's move on then. Um, now, uh, Ari, you you discovered something during the week, and you seem quite surprised about it. And that's uh, these cloud native build packs. They're making a comeback, I hear. Yeah, yeah. So um, Heroku kind of developed them in 2011, and they were used if you were going to going to deploy stuff to their platform. That's what you used. Um, kind of the the history of it is i think pivotal kind of forked it um back in uh 2016 i think it was um and now they've kind of come together and it's all been put under the uh cloud native computing foundation it's um it just graduated from a kind of sandbox project to an incubating project a little while ago um but it's being used uh in azure um obviously heroku digital ocean are using it for their app platform um yeah and cloud run is that's how they they build images for it so it's a really interesting approach um instead of like having to write a docker file and authoring that part of it um there's a whole bunch of logic will just go into basically take a repo and it will um basically work out what code you're running is it running java is it running node.js um and it'll just go through and work out how to build your code and you just um you can tweak a few things but there's very very little um that you need to do to actually get an image out of it um and it will just you say i want this image pushed to uh this registry and it'll just take your repo build everything and deploy um yeah it's right so if i if I had an app running on a physical box or even maybe like a a, 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 a Linux container in a physical box or something, and I wanted to turn that into a, a container to run in Cloud Run, I'd run, I'd use this tool. Uh, Is that what I do? We'd no, so the you probably have to use and... source code and it will just take, like if you've got a GitHub repo that you're, you've got it, that code running somewhere else, you can um, basically, and you know, 
10 minutes you can have that running in cloud run if you just point you you just run this CLI tool called you point this to you yeah. point this to your repo and then it'll 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 build everything up it needs yeah yeah right right I see um, and it comes well, with- it certainly looks interesting. I did have a look at it, and uh, I found I did find it a little ironic that in the uh, the test page they get you to use Docker. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I found that a little ironic. But but yeah, I mean it, it it saves you that extra headache, doesn't it, of having to do you know the manual steps that we currently have to do with Docker. Yeah, yeah. You know, Docker Compose needed or any of that stuff. That's right. That's right. Right, all right. So um, I'm gonna have to have a look at that and put a bit more play around with it. The link will be in the show notes and uh, cloud na- native build packs. Um, yeah, get building with that. All right, then uh, we move on. Move on a little bit here. Um, I wanted to. Um, I want to talk about something, Ira. I want to talk about. I want to talk about best practices in Google Cloud. Now, this this is probably. Um, a subject that uh, is seems seems pretty basic or pretty simple or pretty introductory for for us, you know, as people working in, in cloud all the time. But someone that hasn't been working in cloud or if they're coming from on prem, then this stuff is not very obvious. And I've seen this recently with with quite a few a number of our clients, uh, Casna clients, that um, they're coming from on prem and. Yeah, it's no no fault of their own. I mean, that's all all people know is on prem, and unless you've you've seen cloud, and they try to translate what they know from on prem into cloud, and that works to a certain degree, um, but there are places where that's just going to fall down. It doesn't work that way. Um, what's one perfect example I saw recently? Um, uh, someone had built a VM, and they'd set up two persistent persistent disks with the intention of mirroring those disks inside the VM. Okay, so you, you kind of, that's it's getting away from what you actually, the way you should be implementing stuff on cloud. So um, this document here, which, which we'll have linked in the show notes, is a really great document. And if you're moving into cloud or setting up cloud, you should just take a look at this. Some of this stuff's going to be very obvious to people, other stuff not. Um, Google basically goes through and say, here's the things you should be doing when you implement a project or you implement an organization um, and uh, it's a checklist, basically a checklist of, of what you need to do. And I just want to call, I'm not going to go through, it's quite long, but I'm just going to call out a couple of things. Um, obviously, uh, security is a big component of this document. And one of the big things you can use to help your, uh, to help with controlling security and users is the use of groups in IAM. So this this is going to be, this is this concept is important even for Active Directory or any other directory service that you might have. Use a group, put the users in a group. Even if it's only a single user, put them in a group and then control access via that group. Because then at a later time, I mean, you can give the group a meaningful name and then at a later date, it's very easy to audit, audit and check. Um, Use IAP. It's another thing I want to call out. You don't need to have remote connectivity to a VM like you would in a normal in meat space in in a in a physical world. You can use identity identity aware proxy and connect 
to a VM without having any SSH ports open or any sort of port open, and you can have the whole thing buttoned up behind a firewall, and none of that is exposed to the public internet, which is great. That's what we want. Um, use centralized logging and monitoring. Now, this sort of dovetails into another thing that uh, people that haven't come to cloud, haven't used cloud before, what they're kind of not used to, it's really easy just to spin up another project. You want to do some testing or development, just spin up another project, do it outside of your normal environment and and create a project and then you can just do whatever you want in that project. So if you're going to centralize your logging and monitoring, great, spin up another project. You can, you can put all your logs and your monitoring into that project and then it's separate from your production environment. Now, big advantages to that, obviously, if your production environment gets compromised, you, have, you still have an audit trial, you still have your logging and your monitoring that hasn't been affected by that compromised state of your production environment. Very easy to do if you're just creating another project. Um, and of course, you know, cloud wouldn't exist if it wasn't for sort of the DevOps mentality. So DevOps mentality needs to be embraced. So you need to invest time in engineering. Uh, you need to reduce repetitive tasks. Uh, you need to monitor um, you need to do all these good DevOps things. Now, I've written an article on that um, called The Principles of DevOps in SRE. I'll put the link in the show notes, but that dives in a little bit more to what DevOps is. But um, if, if you're going to adopt cloud best practices, um, well, you, you, must, um, you must take a DevOps mind frame. Um, what do you think? Have you got anything more to add to this? Uh, yeah, I'd say take a look at the security command center as well. We've got a whole, um, the sys benchmarks for, uh, Google cloud. Um, so that can actually do, uh, real time, um, reporting as well. So if anything changes, you can set up alerts and stuff that will just go, someone's, you know, got a public IP address on their VM, but you probably shouldn't be doing that. Yep. Security command center is an excellent tool. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to call out this document. We've had it uh, do the rounds a bit inside Casna recently, and uh, it's 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 a great great checkerbox exercise if you're going through and you don't know where to start, or you might have already started, and you um, you need to make sure that you're you're within the ballpark of security and and best practice of uh, GCP. All right, well we'll move on. Um, we might look at the uh, we might look at the jobs. We've got a job here. Okay, a little job that's available. Because Casna, we we do cloud development. We do all the things Google, um, and we've got a, a job available for a Java developer. Um, what would you do as a Java developer? Well, you would build uh, CIC pipelines, uh, create Google infrastructure. Um, KDE, uh, GKE, sorry, I've got KDE in the mind, GKE, uh, you know, um, if you're the right person for us, you'll have experience with, here we go, hands-on cloud experience with GCP or AWS, that's the other thing to consider, um, you know, you might have worked in AWS for a little while, but you want to move to Google Cloud, um, we'll consider that if you've got some good Java experience, strong experience with Java, experience developing and supporting cloud-based services. Experience with messaging, uh, MQ, Kafka, PubSub, uh, SNS, and SQS. Uh, knowledge of infrastructure as code. Um, so typically, um, 
so it does say knowledge of infrastructure as code. If you were the Java developer, you'd probably be leaning on someone like myself or even Ira to do the infrastructure as code. And uh, you just kind of throw the throw the Java code over the fence, and we'll we'll get it we'll get it up into the cloud for you. Um, code obviously you need to know things like GitHub, Bitbucket, or GitLab. Um, able to build CI/CD pipelines with best practices and tools. Obviously, um, it depends how DevOpsy you are. You know, Ira and I are probably the DevOpsy guys. Um, design highly scalable environments, of course. REST API and knowledge of microservices goes without saying in cloud. So, yeah, look, if that's, uh, that sounds like you, uh, this position's available in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, or Perth, because um, uh, we're, you know, we're all over Australia. Look, and I reckon even if you lived in New Zealand, you could probably convince them to take you on as well. And you could hang out with Ira all day. <laughs> what do you reckon, Ira? Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> sure, sure, sounds good. <laughs> All right, that's enough for jobs today. Um, did we have anything else on the list there? Oh, we did. Yes. Um, I just want to. I just want to point this out. I just want to point out how much Alphabet is worth. I come across this article during the week. Uh, Google Alphabet rallied on Monday to breach two trillion dollars in market value for the first time. It's a bit of a rocket change. Two trillion dollars. Yes, you heard it here first. Well, you're not heard. But you did hear it here. Um, Alphabet is the best performing stock in 2021 among the five biggest US tech companies by sales. And bulls see the stock rising further because of its cheaper valuation and higher growth rate than most of, of its mega cap peers. Look, um, you know, if you're going to be in cloud, I think Google Google's a place to be, especially with you know, statements like that coming from, uh, this is from Bloomberg, this article, I'll link in the show notes. Um, you know, it's not going anywhere. Um, Alphabet trades about 24 times forward earnings, making it cheaper than Amazon and Microsoft, but more expensive than Facebook uh, and Meta. I still can't get used to that. Facebook it's quite Meta, weird. Right? I think everyone's it's just going to call weird. it Facebook. Like, Alphabet. No one calls it Alphabet. Alphabet. It's just no, Google. Everyone calls it Alphabet. Alphabet. That's right. So, um, yeah. Look, t- two trillion, and they're they're the fastest grower, and they're still continuing to grow. Um, rapid growth, right? So, um, they go into the 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 history of of Google here. Um, Alphabet was created in 2015 to be a parent company for Google. I moved it allowed Page and Brin to restructure the business. Ambitious future projects does other other bets, including Waymo, the autonomous driving autonomous driving company, became organised under Alphabet. Um, yeah, so in case a little little back history there, and of course all the other brands: YouTube, Google Search, Google Cloud. All are organised under Alphabet now, and today it's worth two trillion dollars. Quite outstanding, quite uh, quite amazing, actually. Minus, I think they they lost their appeal yesterday for their EU fine of only two point eight billion US dollars. So, ah, that's chump change. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this is the this is in relation to the uh, the antitrust case that we. Oh, covered, this is uh, a different one. So there's there's three current cases going in the EU, and this is one of one fine out of the three. But they can still appeal it if they want. But there's only one more chance. Right. Only one more yeah. chance. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, well, they've got. I mean, they may as well appeal it, right? They may as well, they may as well just. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you wouldn't not appeal something like that. I'd say. <laughs> I, I think the the damage to the brand, you know, getting getting stung with something like that's probably worse than you know uh, the constant appealing. You know, in, t- in terms of you know financial loss oh yeah um the um, interest yeah. they would make from you know delaying it for another year is probably <laughs> pay the legal fees right that's right that's right all right well look uh probably a little a uh, little shorter today's show um we're just trying to catch up on the backlog but we do have a website and uh we are now trying to fall into a, a regular cadence with this and uh i don't know my personal, my personal vibes is that uh, I think we're coming along quite nicely with things. Yeah, got a mic now. <laughs> got a mic now, excellent. All right, well, uh, we might finish up there. And uh, don't forget to check out Kasna Between Two Clouds. I think I've been calling it Beyond Two Clouds. It's not. It's Between Two Clouds on our YouTube channel. And you can contact us at gcplife at kasna.com.au. And we've got the Twitter there as well, which is at gcplife. And, of course, today's show is sponsored by Kasna. Kasna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. And don't forget to look us up on our new website, gcplife.kasna.com.au and that's about it for us and we'll catch you in a fortnight. Bye! See ya! Yeah. I've got a doozy. I've got, got a, doozy a doozy to kick it That's off. Right. I've got an absolute doozy. Um, yeah, I'll tell it during the thing.